welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and uh, this is going to be kind of a different sort of episode. Uh, a week ago, uh, I kind of cryptically talked about there being some family issues going on. Um, my mom, Cheryl Hastings, uh, suffered a cataclysmic stroke. Um, the time of recording the intro, I didn't realize how bad it was. Um, she held on for an, another week, um, giving us time to all get a chance to say goodbye. And when she did finally pass, Tristan and I were with her, and uh, her sister was with her too. And so she was surrounded by love. And I think in that situation, that's the best I could hope for at that point. Um, she was a really great person, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not a good person myself, you know, like I try, but I don't, I don't think I'm as pure of heart as she was. Um, she was someone that really strove to, to make the world around her a little bit better. She didn't do massive projects or, you know, things like that, but she was always trying to help people around her. And I think I really saw that this past week with all the people that have, you know, talked to me and talked about how much she meant to them. I want to take this chance right now to say thank you to each and every one of you that have reached out to me and said, you know, a kind word or if you knew her a memory. And if you didn't just offering support to me and the family. Um, you know, we're going to get through this, obviously. But right now, for Tristan and I, it just felt really inappropriate for me to kind of come on here and hype up another episode of the show to you and talk about someone and be full of joy when that's not at all what's going on right now. So I thought it would be better... Instead of giving you nothing to listen to, uh, I'm going to repost up the episode that I did with my mom uh, a year or so ago. It's a great conversation. I think it really shows who she was as a person, you know, and the kind of joy and love um, that she inspired from, you know, not just me, but a lot of people around her. Uh, so I, I dedicate this episode to her and her memory and to Tristan and, and once again to our entire family and to anyone around us that's experiencing pain right now with her loss. And also this goes out to anyone out there who's ever lost someone they love, you know, a parent. Um, you know, I'd, I'd lost people before, but this is definitely the hardest loss I've ever had to deal with. And, um, I really now ache in a, in a very profound way for anyone else who's experienced this or is experiencing, experiencing this right now. Uh, so please everyone enjoy my mom, Cheryl Hastings on turned out a punk rest in peace, mom. I love you. What do we want to talk about? 
we're going to talk about, uh, well, this is going to be a weird one because you're the first guest I think I've ever had on that uh, doesn't like punk. <laughs> I, um, it's not that I don't like punk. It's just not everybody's entitled to their own choice of music. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's not I, your choice. And it certainly is. You know, it wouldn't be up there as the top ten. <laughs> no. Um, but I, you know, I appreciate the fact. I loved going to see you in concert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely were one of the few people that have seen me in both You're in Trouble and Fucked Up. And weren't you in something else before You're in Trouble? No, You're in Trouble was the first. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're in Trouble was the first. I think, <clears throat> was there another band that, I don't think, I had another band briefly, um, but I don't think you saw it ever, because um, I think we only played two or three shows. Well, that was, were just like keg parties. and It was you know, nice when you just started, because then you were on early. But as you got more popular, you weren't getting on until like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't stay awake. Yeah, well, I think also those early shows were all ages shows. Then we started playing, you know. Yeah, they were all ages shows. shows yeah. or we started playing headlining all ages shows. So, yeah, it was a little bit later. No, your father and I did appreciate there was a bar. Mm -hmm, you definitely appreciate that. I was very... <laughs> Because you started going to those shows very early on. Uh, yeah, well, I guess like we're jumping way ahead because I kind of want to start this show. Well, I got to kind of start it the same way I start most of them off, which is how did you, normally it's get into punk, but how did you first hear about punk? Do you remember the first time you ever heard about it? Not from me, but like even from dad or from just the media? Because it was in the oh, media, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, no, no, it was with... Um Oh dear, who's the fellow that committed suicide? Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious, yeah. That was, you know, everyone heard about Sid Vicious. Yeah. So that's the first time I heard about punk. That was your first I time. I never heard what he sang, but I heard that's when I knew about punk yeah. music. Were you, I guess, like, were you seeing any sort of, like, because Dad had bring, had those records, you know, like, this is before I was born. Um, so, he, you know, he must have been bringing it into the house. Was he playing that on the stereo for you at all? Like not when I was stuff? home. No. Not when I was home. Uh, I imagine he played it on the stereo when I was at work. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a good time. Well, you were traveling a lot, right? I was traveling a lot. That was my job. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I was traveling a lot. So he had a lot of free time to listen to whatever he wanted. Yeah, but before you became a flight attendant, though, you had you know been involved in music. In the entertainment industry as yes. well, right? Yes. So I guess, like, you know, you, you know, not because, you know, certainly not saying that you're not into music because you're not into punk, because you definitely have always been into music. That was always something. Yes, well, I was a dancer, so the music, but what sticks in my heart, in my soul, that I love the most is the stuff that I dance to. Yeah. My, my music for my generation, which I think is the same with everyone. Mm -hmm. We expected you not to like, in fact, your father was very emphatic that he hoped you did not like his music, that you had your own music mm -hmm. that you would like, which is every generation has it. He was less understanding when I started to like some of that music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that, but... Um, I think he was living in Australia at that point, so... Yeah. What was yeah. your, uh, like, so when did you get into music? Like, what was the point... Do you remember, like, what was Actually, the first I artist that you were... Oh, yeah. Um, I remember my parents belonging to a record club where they send you free record, Not free records. They send you a record every month or yeah. every couple of weeks. So 
Yeah, I had the Everly Brothers. Um, that was probably the first group I really listened to was okay. the Everly Brothers. But uh, my mother was crazy for Elvis. When Elvis was on Ed Sullivan, she was screaming. Really? Yeah. Nana? Yeah, Nana was screaming. Yeah, do you remember was, that? Like, yeah, because you, you were. I do born, remember yeah. that because there wasn't very much furniture in the house, and a little, little black and white. I guess there was only two chairs because I was sitting on the floor. Okay. And she was sitting on the floor beside me, but yeah, when he first came on Ed Sullivan. So that's like, uh, I guess that that would probably be your first music memory. Then is that before yeah. the record even? Yeah. That would, well, that would right? be my first music memory. Yeah. 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 Um, so, from the Everly Brothers, where did you kind of go? Like, was Nana bringing, was she, she into Jen rock and roll? Dean. Um, no, she liked the music. She certainly knew how to twist. Yeah. Like, Chubby Checker was a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, she liked music. She liked to dance. Yeah. She liked to dance, so. And she always had the radio going. Mm-hmm. Like it was in our house. I always have the radio Yeah, there's always radio going. Yeah. Which there's, probably is now why I can't deal with quiet. I can't deal with quiet either. I go to sleep to the radio. Yeah, I know. I can go to sleep with my own thoughts. Luckily, they're loud enough. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe that's why I listen to the radio. I don't hear my own thoughts. So, um, where'd you kind of go from that, that? How old were you when you got in the Everly Brothers? What was that? Oh, God. I would have been, I don't know, eight, nine. Okay. So, where did you go from there? Uh... Well, 11, I guess you're like a little older when you start. Eleven, no, eleven, twelve. We were collecting Beatles records. Okay. All my girlfriends had, had you know, we listened to music all the time, but it was buying forty fives. Yeah. Where were uh, you buying forty fives? At the record stores. Okay. And they were solely record stores. That's all they sold. Yeah, and this is in sort of you're in suburban, in suburbia. Mon suburban suburbia. Montreal. Yeah, suburban Montreal. So yeah. would you go downtown, or were these records? No, nope, no. there'd be a record store just in the local plaza, mm -hmm. and we would be there literally every Friday to see what was number one on the local radio station's hit list. Also, oh, it'd be by the charts. Yes. I was going to say, well, how yes. did you figure out what you wanted to buy? Yes, and there were stations. Yeah, you know that were not maybe totally geared to teenagers, but pretty well geared to teenagers. Yeah. It was the beginning of that sort of cult of youth. Yes, it was the beginning of this, you know, the 60s yeah. and the cult of youth, yeah. So, um, were those like, do you remember when the Beatles came to North America? Yeah, I went to the airport to see them land. Yeah. I went, we rode on our bicycles. I don't know where we put our bicycles, but we, Montreal had a, like a pat, like a patio where you could go out and watch the planes and they opened that all up. And so it was just luck of the draw where you were standing. Yeah. We got there like six hours ahead of time yeah. to make sure we got a good space. So I didn't see them as well. We, in fact, we changed places. If we'd stayed in the first place, we would have seen them really well. Anyways, I saw them land in Montreal. Okay. My father would not allow me to go to the show. And my mother was so angry with my dad that she let me go to the Stone Show. Because he wouldn't let me go see the Beatles, yeah. he thought it would be a riot. So he, but he had, so he had to let me go to the next rock concert, and it was the Stones, the Rolling Stones. What year was that? Like, oh, that's the first time I would have been Montreal, right? Yeah, that. Listen, I must have been twelve. Okay, you went to see the Stones. Yeah. So where did they play? They played at the Forum. Okay. They all played at the Forum. Yeah. Yeah, and they took. 
Mick Jagger picked up a chair. One of the local, well, one of the DJs that we all listened to was emceeing, and I don't know what he came on stage for, and Mick Jagger threw a chair at him to get him off the stage. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. It was, well, as wild as you get when you're 12. <laughs> yeah. Is that your first concert? Yeah, that was my first concert. That's a pretty good concert to see. That's a pretty good yeah. choice period. And was, then, was Brian Jones still in the, he was still in the band at yeah, that point. Yeah, he must have been, yeah. And stuff, so that, wow, that's a pretty choice era to see the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So yeah. what were the... We they weren't my favorite group, by the way. No. It was just to annoy my father. They were, you know, I wasn't really into the Stones, but... So what were some of the other groups around that time that you were kind of getting into? Um, I guess, like, actually, the, the Beach invasion. Boys. Right. The Beach Boys that we... When I started into high school, we met a whole new group of uh, guys, and they were all into the Beach... The California sound, the Beach okay. Boys. That was the first time I had heard the Beach Boys. But all this sort of happened between... 11 and 13 because 14 I was on television and I was these people were coming to sing yeah in fact the Everly Brothers came to like young to perform well I want to get to that mom don't worry don't we're gonna get to that moment don't okay, worry my big moment my big moment <laughs> but were there other concerts you went to um, before like young uh, just the Rolling Stones you that was really the only show you went yeah yeah it was, you know, it was downtown. I lived out in the suburbs. So, yeah. I mean, someone had to drive you. And but were they like local dances with local yes, bands playing? Yes, there was local. That's true. But if you ask me the the name of them, I... But there is what... Uh, Five Count? No, I don't know those. The Haunted was one of them. Like, they were in church basements. Yeah, I know, but this is the stuff, Mom, that I'm really into. The obscure ones. Oh, the obscure? The Haunted, the Mash McCann... Um, there, oh, there was a very popular group, and it came. Two of the guys were from my high school, but I can't. I've suddenly lost the name. Okay. I would have researched it if I realized. Don't but. worry. Don't worry. That's why we have our other show. But they are for. recognizable. I just can't remember <coughs> the names. Okay, I may all try and find out. There were a lot of bands that came from kind of like the West Island. Yeah. You know the Doughboys. No, they were much later. Don't maybe oh, okay. But they're friends with, uh, you know, I think some of their relatives are friends with Garland now. Oh really? Yeah. There's there was a lot of dances actually. There was a dance almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them were in the church basement. And were there always bands playing or DJs or? Yeah, they were always live bands. That's awesome. Yeah, even in the high schools, we'd have, you know, if we'd have a sock hop or something, there'd be a live band. You probably saw a lot of cool stuff, I imagine, that um, one. probably doesn't stand out because of the no, touring it doesn't, stuff. Not really. Not really. I The Beatles were the big ones. Yeah. They were the big ones. So, like, actually, were there any big local bands that people were into? Um, well, yeah, the, the dances were full. I'm trying to... It's, no, but it's I mean, like, so like big Montreal ago. bands. Like, what were oh, the big, big Montreal, Montreal bands um, in the 60s? Oh, God. Oh. Dame, you should have let me have time to research this because <laughs> there is, um, I can't remember anybody's name all of a sudden. Very popular. The, the big stars in Montreal were actually the French groups. Yeah. They were literally the, you know, they they had guards and. Yeah. Yeah, they were. But you can ask me Nanette and Tony Roman and Jacques Savai. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think anyone would know these people. Yeah, but that's, except for my generation. You no, know, but that's that's what honestly on the show that's people love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, have you ever listened to one of the, these before? Mike, oh, Mike Nichols was, and I'm trying to remember the name of his group, but he actually played in um, what was that rock rock musical they did Nashville. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was playing a musician in Nashville. He played New York Hair. He was one of the leads in Hair in New York. And he had a band? Yeah, and he had a band. And you think I could remember the name of it? So where did you, uh, so I guess we get to this point where, you know, you hear about this audition on the radio, right? Yes. When you're like 14. My mother heard it, but yes. Okay. She heard it, and she said, and she said, I think you should call. And they had an open audition at the local television station. So we went down there, and there was all kinds, like models and professional dancers, and and it was just a, a every Saturday sort of teenage show. They'd have an audience that would come and dance, and we would we were couples. There were three couples, and we were on like not platforms or anything, but like a little risen stage mm -hmm. each of us had. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, so I walked out and said, "No, I didn't get that." I'm sure I didn't get that, that, you know, all these people. And anyways, they called to, to tell me to come back for a second audition, but my sister answered the phone, and she forgot to tell me for like a week. I almost missed it. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, CFCF called. They want you to come back for another audition. <laughs> oh. So this is one of the Montreal stations, though, right? Yeah. Like yes. Yeah, it was CTV, mm -hmm. but it was the Montreal station mm -hmm. yeah. so and i guess like the closest thing to the show would be like american bandstand yeah but with more of a regular cast of dancers i think yes no american bandstand had a cast did they have a cast i too? used to watch um hullabaloo which would get very grainy yeah very grainy we only got four channels and five channels but it was very. It was out of the states. It was very grainy. Great show. But that's how I learned to dance, and it was more similar to that because they had the same dancers on week after okay. week. So that's what they modeled it on. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think so. And anyone like Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck, um, all the Motown artists that came through Montreal would come to like Young. Yeah. They would. Not uh, Tom Jones performed Stevie Wonder. Peaches and Herb, uh, Chubby Checker, they all came. Yeah. They all came. What were they like, like, at that point? Because this is like the birth of the, the rock star, right? This is the um, birth of the pop star. Yeah, they were actually, they were all really very nice. Very nice. Um, I'm trying to think who was rude. There was only, like, one. Stevie Wonder was very young. Yeah. And he He would have been a little kid. Well, yeah. Little he, Stevie Wonder. Little Stevie Wonder. I guess, well, I was only 14. Yeah. I think he was 15. I think one of the girls, the other girl was 21. But all the guys were 16, 17, 18. Okay. So, um, yeah. I forgot what I was saying. You're saying little, little Stevie Wonder was... Oh, uh, Stevie Wonder. So we were introduced. He was sort of sitting where the audience sat. Because he was yeah. an audience, too. And he was sitting there. And he said... We were introduced to him, and he said, come a little closer, I'm blind. He said, I can only see you in Braille. So in other words, he was 
a punky little kid that one you know he was a star yeah he was he was yeah. might have been very young but he was a star yeah no definitely and i think he's out of anyone he's the the one that would probably have well i guess like tom jones had a, an epically long career but yeah you know stevie yeah. Wonder certainly has had a oh yeah no it was it was very exciting meeting him i mean all that music benny king was on um yeah, big names. Were any band, rock bands on, or is it all mainly like singers and more? Kinda... Yeah, it was more the Motown. Uh, yeah, it was mostly singers. I can't remember any of the groups that came on. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just sing solo artists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess was was rock kind of on the wane in the mainstream at that point for a little bit. Well, I guess there was a you know rock going on like the Haunted played um, what would have been the beginnings of heavy metal. You know, yeah, like hard, well, like beginnings of hard rock. The begin, oh, yeah. very beginnings of hard yeah, rock. Yeah, and um, so yeah, there were bands that were there. I just, I didn't follow them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my type of music. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so, I guess you stayed involved in music. Like you, we went into do modeling and other acting stuff after Like Young. How long did Like Young go on? Oh, Like Young went on for, oh, it must have been on twelve, fifteen years. Really? I was, yeah. Oh, it started early. There was... It was on before you were on it? Three different women hosts. And Jim McKenna, the guy, was the only guy that was still. Okay. Yeah. No, I was on it from 14 to 18. Okay. Four years. No, maybe not 20 years, but certainly was on 12 years. I think it speaks to a lot of the sexism in the industry that there was the one male host and they swapped out three different women hosts yeah. to be beside them yeah. at different points. But. Yeah. They kind of got younger, actually. Yeah. Um, well, he's getting older, so they have to, yeah. <laughs> they got to keep people watching somehow. Yeah. Actually, when uh, when I danced, then I went on to dance on tele French television shows. Similar idea. Mm -hmm. But the difference in French, you were a star. Mm -hmm. Like, we'd, we'd have security guards that would walk us to our cars. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because I think, you know, for anyone outside of Quebec to appreciate the size and the magnitude of yeah of French and it was only, French culture exactly exactly like, and it was Montreal it's Montreal culture Celine, Celine Dion was on our show oh you, you met her when she was a kid or yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah because she started super young too yeah, right yeah I don't know how old she would have been maybe 12 14 I think she did star search at some point no Later on? I don't remember Star Search. Or no, she, maybe I'm totally mistaken. But she certainly was a star in French. Oh, yeah. And she, she, her manager was the fellow that she married. Mm -hmm. so yep. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was there from right at the beginning. Yep. Yeah, very, the very beginning. Yep, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. No, let's not get into that. No, I don't want risque. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, so you kind of, I guess, stay into stay being involved in music in some capacity, like going to concerts and stuff. Like, were you going to concerts? No, no? going no. to dances. Or I first date with your father. We went to see the animals. Wow, that's a cool yeah. show. And he, we also went. He took me to see David Bowie, and that was when David Bowie was doing the astronaut mm -hmm. Ziggy. Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. That's right. So we did see we did see the animals, and I did see. Uh, David Bowie, and I think we went to see George Harrison. Solo? Yeah, when all yeah, things went yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, with Ravi Shankar. 
Okay. Yep, was on it. Okay. Yeah. So were you into the animals at all, or? No, not at all. <laughs> what about David Bowie? David Bowie, I enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, it was a fabulous show. Yeah. I mean, he had the animals. No, not so much. And every one of your father's friends was so English, I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. With their accents. And he hated, he laughed at me because I'd been on a flight to Paris and I'd bought a leather hat at the market in Paris. And he laughed and laughed and laughed and made fun of me through the whole concert. I don't know why I married him. <laughs> well, he was mean. He was mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. Well, I w Tristan and I wouldn't have been here, but, you know, maybe you should have gone with that first intuition. <laughs> That's true. I could know. I, you and Tristan were my gift, and then my three fabulous grandsons, which I wouldn't have. So Yeah, that's yeah, true. I'm that's not, true. It no. would be a very different world. Yes. Um, yeah. for, for us, I mean. Not for, the, like, the whole world, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but for us, it would be very different. So, uh, at what point... So, I'm born. You're born. Dad, I guess, well, actually, was... Do you remember Dad? Because he went to the Odd Punk show and stuff. And the guy who painted our house sang in a punk band. And you never went to any of these punk shows or anything? No. Do you remember like him going? Would you? What was your like reaction when he decided to start getting into the stuff? Do you remember that? I don't remember him heavily into punk. Maybe he went to them when I was at work. Yeah, he said he went to the odd show here and there. Okay, well he did. He did go to see his friends sing. Yeah. But I didn't think they were in punk. But I never saw them sing. So. Yeah, he painted our house. He painted our house. He was like the guy who painted the house. The inside. Yeah, like before I was born, I guess, because it would have been like in the late 70s. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay. And then he played in this band, and Dad went to their record release party. Dad doesn't have a lot of memories of it. I think it was a pretty good time then, that night. He went to parties without me. <laughs> but I have this, uh, I have that record here. Oh, do you? Yeah, and it's got like a place thing from the Elma Combo, like a, a seat marker or table oh, yeah? marker on it and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess fast forward, Tristan and I show up me and yes my and the first show i remember was down at the um opera house no 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 before oh. before the band even formed oh uh like, no like, this isn't be that was the first show you went to because glenn dragged me down oh. there to ch to talk to the manager because he didn't believe that they really were going yeah. to have a show in a bar and, so we should, and all ages <laughs> let's let's uh, let's uh <laughs> We gotta introduce the characters. Oh, the characters we gotta we gotta bring everyone up to speed. Oh, so shit. Uh, ultimately, uh, the leather hat. Oh uh, yes, the leather omen hat guy proved to be true. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. So we we went our own you, ways. You went your separate ways. We went our separate Dad ways. Dad moved to England. Yes. At this point. And and then Australia. And then Australia. Yeah. And then uh, I. Um, I. I guess you married. You met a. A pilot. A pilot, yes. Glenn. Mistake number three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we left out the first husband, but he doesn't matter oh, at all. Well, he owned a club on Crescent Street, which was the, the hottest street. Yeah. But, and he did have a, he did he had three piece, not a band, but a three piece group in the in the in his club. What kind of music was it? Um, sort of all the top hits that they. You know, they do covers. There's like a cover band? Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't need to talk yeah. with them, Mom. He's, okay. he's relevant to this story okay. and to our no, lives. It's totally relevant. Well, now we can move on to, uh, though, uh, yeah, Glenn. Yes, the Glenn, pilot. The pilot. Um, never had children, never yeah. been married. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, he showed up and he had a whole uh, also like a whole set of rules. A whole set of rules. Yeah. You know? um, and yeah. things changed in our house pretty quick. Yeah. And they did. Fell into a Anyways, he was yeah doubting Thomas. He didn't believe anybody. Yeah, Tristan and I had gotten into punk with Simon Ennis. Like Simon Ennis was into it, and oh, Tristan really? and I were like. Well, I remember I got busted for shoulder tapping. Yes. You know. You were only 12. I would have been 12. Yes. When you get someone old, they need to buy beer for you. Yes. And uh, we got, I got taken home. Uh, they please? No, no, actually, no. I got taken by to back to my friend's house, and I called you, and you picked me up. And I remember you, we were just I got phoned by the police. No, but this is later on, because oh, okay. before that happens, Mom, you picked me up from Lawrence's house. I'm sitting in the car with you, and you're just like... I'm so glad you didn't fall into trouble because my friends have been expelled from school for oh, right. drugs. Oh, yeah. right. And you gave me this whole thing about how proud you were that I didn't do drugs like my friends. And, uh, and I, you know, knowing that... And them, then the police called. And then I, you know, that night the police did you call. You didn't even like beer. No. <laughs> no. I know. I just had, I needed, uh, yeah, like, you know, to be honest with you, when they said later on, you were the let's only go get acid after the cop took our beer away. Um, they were like, let's go get acid. I was way more excited about that because I had already become a fan of that one. Oh, my God. How old were you when you started? Wait a minute. That, I think I was 13. I don't think I was 12. Or maybe you were 13. I think I was 13 because I think I got then. You weren't in grade 9, though. If you're only 13, you're in grade 8. Yeah, I wasn't. Well, it was the summer of grade 8. Summer of grade 8. Okay. And you, uh, you, after the cop called that night, I remember being downstairs what you went up to sleep into bed I picked up the phone at the same time as you picked up and I remember hearing him saying this is officer blah 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 <laughs> and I hung up the phone and I was like oh fuck oh uh, fuck and you then, were the only he said told me you were the only one that gave your real phone number I was a sucker he said you were very polite well also that's when I learned a, a very important lesson never trust a cop because he told me he wasn't going to call my parents oh did he yeah Oh, he lied. Yeah, fuck. Of course he did. Yeah, he did lie um, about that. Uh, so, yeah. So he did call my. They parents. could have dragged y'all down to the station and given you a really. On what charge? That age, you would have gotten a good scare. I'll tell you it's one thing. It's illegal to buy liquor under age. Yeah, of course it is. But like, come on. You only got caught because they were staking out the guy that was do that was buying it for the kids. I know. That I not know. because you guys looked. We we were. They were we, undercover. And I mom, I know. I was there. Oh, I remember this right. whole horrible incident with the police, and then I remember actually uh, the the stepfather being the the calm one at this point. But you were definitely very angry. Yeah. Beside yourself, angry. I was pretty angry when I heard you were into drugs too. That was a little later that summer. Yeah. Um. That was a really good summer. <laughs> well, that was because my brother snitched on me to you. Yes. But um, we don't have to get into that story either. Okay. But we could, we, oh, I don't care. Skip ahead. <laughs> I don't care. But no. But that summer is also the summer that I went to Ryerson Sports Camp and met a kid named Nick who wrote graffiti, smoked weed, and also loved the band Sonic Youth and skateboarding. Please tell me that was the summer that you were doing counselor and training that was and not the summer where they told me not to bring you back no that was when i was like an eight-year-old mom they told me not, not to bring you back. when they asked to speak to me i thought they were going to tell me how wonderful you were yeah i was shocked yeah no 
No, but anyway, I did one of the good things that did happen when I was in the counselor and training program that summer that I oh, got, was meeting this guy got busted and all this stuff was me and this guy because he told me to buy a movie called 1991, The Year Punk Broke, and that's where I heard about Sonic Youth, and that's when I you know reconnected with Simon Ennis, who was also kind of getting into all the same sort of music and already was into a lot of this music at yeah. that time. Yeah. And uh, that's when I started getting really into this stuff and started going to shows, or started wanting to go to shows. And we heard about one show, and it was Die Cheerleader opening for uh, a band called Filter. We didn't really care about Filter. We didn't care at all about Filter. But Die Cheerleader, we wanted to see because Henry Rollins from Black Flag and the Rollins Band produced their record. Oh, okay. And they were like a much buzzed about in our limited media world at the time okay. band. Uh, and so, yeah, we asked you guys if we could go see him. I think the immediate uh, answer was no. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, bear in mind, you know. How old was Tristan? <laughs> well, that was the problem. He was eight. Yeah, you always have a... God. No, he would have been uh, ten. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. You had a brother who always had to tag along. I know. He wanted to be into everything you yeah. were into. So, we did, though, get permission eventually. Yes, you did. To After go. we went down and interviewed the manager who thought we were crazy. Athena? Uh, and yep, she's still there. She's also is she still there? Yeah, yeah, she still runs it. Oh, God. I've played that stage many a time, Mom. I know. Many, many a time. Um, <laughs> in various, various bands. <laughs> so, yeah, so you guys go down there, interview yep. them. Yeah. And that show. And they assured us that they put a big X, a big marquee X, the indelible on your hands. And so they'd know. But of course, I'm sure that didn't stop other people from buying underage kids' drinks. Yeah, like maybe that happened. I don't know. I never, that was never a thing for me. No. Ever, ever. No, you had gone straight edge. By no, but not even, even when I was not straight edge. It was just never a thing. Like wanting to buy a drink at a, a show. It's yeah, like you could get thrown out. Yeah, you'd like it costs like twenty one dollars to get into this concert. You know, I don't want to get thrown out. Um, so, but yeah, like I'm sure it did happen. But like I think probably what was much more prevalent was like doing drugs Actually, and I beforehand. I, oh, okay. You know, but I was I never. I didn't think that. I was wasn't that wasn't a worry. Wasn't a worry with pilot. No, not and especially not with your ten year old brother around. Yeah. Yeah, because he's squeal. No, he's a snitch. He's a we snitch. Establish that. <laughs> um, so. And another interview. <laughs> no, we established in this interview when he snitched on me for doing drugs. You, you already said uh, doing acid. Oh, he did. Yeah, I remember being in the car. It was on your birthday. Yeah. Anyway, no one wants it. This is really. This is definitely no, this some is dirty dead. family, dirty life. Yeah, no, cut this out. <laughs> no, this is staying in, mom. One hundred percent. This is staying in. So where did? Um, so yeah, so I meet this kid, I want to go to these shows, but the next show, there was some resistance to the Circle Jerks. Was that the one you brought home, the lead singer? No, no, that's no. The, we'll get to that one, that's later okay. on. All this is at the Opera House, because we live so close to that venue. Yeah, that's true. That was like... Just down the street. Yeah, it was like, it was, you know, I could take a streetcar there yeah. and be home in 15 yeah. minutes, yeah. you know. Um, but no, this was the one I wanted to go and see, the Circle Jerks, who were doing a big reunion. And this is when Be when Glenn famously uttered the line to Tristan and I, 
I don't want you to go see some come-in-your-face band. Is that what he said? <laughs> yes. You were there. <laughs> Where did he get that one from? Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't... The circle jerks, and that's what he came away with. Yeah. Well, the cir a circle jerk, Mom, is a sexual... Oh, I see, I'm stupid. I <laughs> no, didn't no, know no. that. <laughs> and that's why he wouldn't let us go and see it. He was so furious. Um, and we fought tooth and nail. I guess we did leave out us getting refused to be allowed to go and see Guns N' Roses and Metallica. So who got to see ACDC? I saw ACDC. Okay, so he wasn't Glenn, all no, bad. No, he was, no, and I'm not saying, he's like, he's like you know, I'm a, I would never say he was all bad. He was definitely was strict, but uh, he did bring me to see ACDC. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get into Tommy, it in this podcast. Took Tristan to see Tommy. Yeah, we're not going to get into this podcast, but, you know, the, the, <laughs> the marriage did end pretty shittily. Yes, it and was. And it was, you yeah. know, if there's, you know, fault to be blame, to be laid, I'm not going to lay it on my mom. And that's not just bias. No. no but at the same no. time, you know, he definitely let, like, you know, took me to see ACDC. Yeah. Which was super cool. But we could not go and see Guns N' Roses and Metallica. Is that because you weren't cleaning your capster's cage properly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's why. But no, I think it was because it was like, you know, he thought it was going to be too violent. Oh, no, it was because Guns N' Roses had just put out, I think the Spaghetti Incident had just come out, and they covered Charles Manson on it. Oh, okay. And this is one of your hardline stances. Yeah. You will never own the Spaghetti Incident. It will never be brought into this house. Oh. Did you buy it anyways? Never did. Oh, good. No. I now legitimately own Charles Manson records, but... Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, don't, I didn't buy them off them, so don't worry, the royalties aren't going to them. Oh, good. And also, the royalties from that Guns N' Roses record weren't going to him either because of Son on Sam was. Oh, but maybe that doesn't count as benefiting off your crime. I should look into that. Yeah, see if you made money off of it. Maybe a weird thing to find out. Um, but, yeah, no, so back to the Circle Jerks. We yes. were eventually allowed to go to the Circle Jerk show. Mm -hmm. They have played a huge role in my life ever since. It's amazing, like, how much of this stuff, like, I'm so glad that I fought so hard for it because it's so integral to my life now like a lot of this stuff like you know circle jerks for instance that's where i first yeah. saw mike halichuk oh really yeah i saw mike halichuk and, and his friend andy getting dropped off by their parents in a car <laughs> and we were like what losers their parents are driving to a show and he looked at uh, tristan and myself and i think simon s and josh kirschenblatt yeah and we we're all wearing like cut up uh, dress uh, shirts and yes, ties. Yes. And he was like, what fucking losers? <laughs> They're wearing shirts and ties to I have a picture show. of you and Tristan in the outfit. Our punk outfits. Yep. That's punk the shirt, outfit. Mom. Right there, that white shirt. See hanging Yep. That's signed by every single band I saw that year. That. It's getting a little yellow. Well, I'm not wearing it still. Oh, good. <laughs> it's yellow from back then. I have a picture then. of, of your, the two outfits that you guys wore to your concerts. Yeah. And then I uh, I started going to shows pretty much fairly regularly after that. Like, it was something, anytime I was allowed to go on weekends, anytime I could... <laughs> Sneak away. <laughs> or, yeah, or trick you into allowing me to go on a weeknight, you know. I remember the one night getting locked in Bathurst Station. Oh, I, right. Remember that? Yeah. I went to go see that band Blount, play with Ignite, and Ignite didn't play. Uh. Then I got locked in the subway station. <laughs> um 
Uh, yeah, but then I was, you know, a straight edge kid. But mm-hmm. that all kind of came about because of one, on this podcast, very infamous night. And that came about because of uh, the AFI riot night. Which is the night that AFI played with Good Riddance and Lifetime and, that's right, Mom, Weston and yes. Trigger Happy. No, I don't know. You don't remember the bands that played no. on the bill. No. But during the course of AFI set, things went crazy with security guards and they started beating up kids. Uh, they were in, uh, told uh, by the lead singer of AFI that they should watch themselves. They hit a kid again. A security guard struck a kid. He said, get that security guard. Everyone, you know, got involved. Yeah. More security guards got involved. More kids got involved. God. Security guards quit. Went looking for the lead singer of AFI. Found him upstairs, but he managed to get out of the situation. Uh, Ed Fox, uh, who was a host on a radio show Tristan and I were involved with and friends of at the yes. time, came downstairs and told me what had happened with the lead singer of AFI. And... Uh, would I be there to help them load their gear out because they needed to load their gear out quickly and he had to find somewhere to hide. And I said, light bulb goes off above my head. Come to my house. I live pretty close by. You can come hide out at my house. <gasps> so, Mom. You did phone and ask permission. Well, no, that's actually after we're, we're already a good few blocks from the club. Oh. By that point. But we all get our, our merry band together and begin the... Uh, I guess it was like about a 35-minute, 45-minute walk from Queen Street all the way up to where we lived. Yeah, maybe 30 minutes. 30 minutes, yeah. you know, but it was a quest. Especially if you're if you're a little nervous. It could be faster than that if you're running. <laughs> no, because I, we, took a, we took a very good convoluted path. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah no, there's no way no, someone would be able to follow us. Tristan and I knew, ducking into alleys, you know. Uh, you know. So we get, we get Davey up to our house. And yeah, at some point I did call you. And <laughs> do you remember that conversation at yes, all? Yes, I do. Don't bring violence into my house, Damien. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring but him mom, home, Mom. But Mom, but Mom, <laughs> don't bring violence into this house. That went well, in one ear and out the other. Well, I decided to opt for the safety yes, of, of my new friend. Your new friend. Who was being a total chased. stranger. Well, I'd seen his band play twice by this point. Oh, well, then. I'd seen him at that friend. show, and I'd seen them open for Rancid earlier that year so uh yeah we were pretty close but he was telling me about straight edge also on the way up he's like you know we're talking about stuff like that and it was a big night for me um we eventually get home we i was asleep yeah you're lucky that that no you weren't actually asleep no i came upstairs to tell you we were home right yes you did and you told me you're not allowed to be a punk rocker anymore okay (laughs) see how much you listen to me you wait. You wait till your kids get to be that age and see how much they listen to you. I know. They're not going to listen to me at all. Nope. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm still friends with Davey to this day. He's been on the podcast twice. Okay. You know? Like, very well, close I might have overreacted, show. but, um, yeah, I didn't want you to bring violence into the house. Just, no. You guys did what you wanted anyways. I don't know why you bothered to call me. Well, I... I, I it's such a big house that you could sneak them in. I, I thought know. maybe you'd volunteer to hop in the car and drive down and pick us all up. Oh, God. <laughs> maybe, like, you know, you guys are maybe being chased by this gang of, you know, angry security guards. Oh, God. That's what I was afraid of. You know, but... 
that was, you know, not what happened, luckily. No one was... No. No one, no was, one was hurt that night, and, no. you know, Davey became a friend for life. And so it all worked out. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, I we've been talking for quite some time, Mom, but I have to talk to you a bit about when uh, Fucked Up formed, and uh, what was, uh, or I guess, me playing in bands, right? Yeah. Because You're in Trouble was before Fucked Up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you saw You're in Trouble a few times. Yeah. Which, thankfully... With all my girlfriends, they were big supporters. Yeah. Big supporters of Fucked Up. Well, that was at a time when to play a show, we were like... It was before we realized that you could put on your own shows or... Yeah. You know, so we had to sell like a Old dozen t- tickets. Tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and all my girlfriends bought one. I was no smart way. enough to make a band with like uh, some of the most popular people in school, though. Yeah. That was a good idea. Yeah, because I sure, sure as hell couldn't have pulled together enough ticket sales every time. Uh-huh, that's true. You had to sell your own tickets. You had to sell your own tickets. Yeah. And so, yeah, so uh, not not any good bands early on. You, what, you singing in them? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was It was a music that I didn't really understand. I don't even understand what you're in trouble was. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure. I don't think anyone in the band understood. Although you did a cover of House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, with the animals. It brings with, back the animals. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that you and Dad had been to that for your first con- your first date. Yep, first date. I had date. no idea. Or we would, there's no way we would Actually, he'd that. asked my girlfriend, and she said no. Really? Yeah. She said, take Cheryl instead. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. All these, all these signs. Yeah, all these signs. pointing. <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm just wishing myself into non-existence. No, uh, he was much more understanding about your taste in music than I was. He was until I got into straight edge. Until I was straight edge. Yeah, and then he didn't understand that. Not at all. At all. No. Yeah, he it couldn't. Was. He couldn't figure that out. No. You were kind of down with that, though. I guess. You know, I don't you remember being you being straight edge. I remember you. you I remember you. Uh, remember that time I went to that party and I decided to X up huge, and you helped me put on the X's. Oh my God. You always had X's on your hands for a while. Yeah, for like a good... You'd X up every day before you go to school. I'd X up a lot. It was a, uh... I don't know, I think, I think there's like far more negative things you can find yourself involved in than being straight edge as... Oh, absolutely. You know, and it certainly is a... It introduced me to like some of my closest friends and... Mm-hmm. It was a very positive force, but you were... You supported it. Dad, not so much. Yeah, I don't... I don't it's not that he didn't support it, he just didn't understand yeah, anybody didn't understand. doing it. No, I think on this podcast, when I brought it up again, he still doesn't really understand He doesn't it. really understand no. it. No, I don't think he likes, uh, you know, for a guy in advertising, he claims he's not like a You made a big impression on your, on your uh, little male cousins. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I actually, and it's it's you know like all well, all my cousins you know we I can leave at Kelsey too like all yeah. my all my cousins are you know so they're all grew up into like awesome people and to have them now come up to me and be like yeah we like yeah. looked up to you and it's like that's crazy yeah they did you know they and, like did. Garland being in like an amazing band like playing and yeah. having such like a you know he's not playing in No Joy right now but like you know they his run in that band is just like they put out some incredible music. I know, I never got to see him. I felt so bad. He's a great drummer. He's going to be doing more music stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Yeah, they were, uh, you know, it was always like, you know, and they were also 
you know, I remember dragging Garland to see a concert when he was like eight. What concert did you take him to? No reason when they played Basement of Who's Emma. Oh, right. And you took him, he was the eight. Did we take Garland and Matt or just Garland that one? I don't know. And then he must have been like nine or ten and I brought him to see uh, Born at Icons play at Kites. Oh, he loved that stuff. Yeah, he well, he was like, he got into, you know, and he's still into like a lot more experimental stuff than I'm into too. Oh, good. You know, and got into like a lot of ska punk too. No, he looked up to you. <laughs> oh, they all, they were like, you know, it was, it was, we had a, a close knit little family yeah. unit. Yeah. Small family, but close. Yeah, very close. Yeah. But so I guess, you know, there was a period you stopped going to see my bands. Well, because you were on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I couldn't stay awake that long. But you no, know, no. But now, but then with fucked up, like, you know, I don't think you ever liked the name in the beginning. I have to admit, I didn't. I I would have rather you chosen a different <laughs> name. I think I suggested that in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I was, I liked your albums. I I um, was very proud of you guys when you won the Polaris, and you made it work. I didn't. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought with the name, I was surprised. But you flew. You guys flew. Well, no, and I think that's the thing is, you know, and I know a lot of people in music whose parents weren't supportive of what they did, and not that this was ever my dream. It was more just like a fantasy that became, yeah. you know, like just like something so out of the realm of possibility. It wasn't even... I remember your brother telling me that you were living his and your father's dream you had their dream job. <laughs> they both had to work for a living, and you didn't. They, no, you, you were their dream job. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think either one of them could do a uh, one-handed cartwheel and do a land on your back and hurt your butt oh, like God, I did. Oh, God, no, or smash a beer bottle on the top of their heads. No. No, I don't no. think they have the flair for the dramatic in the no, same way they that don't. I do. You inherited that from me. I think I probably inherited yes. from you and Nana. Yes. Oh, definitely. You know, screaming for Elvis. Screaming for Elvis. I remember doing it, jumping up and down. <laughs> she was very funny. Well, she was only 21 when she had me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So She was a kid. I would have been maybe three. I don't think Cindy was born, so maybe I was three. And she, so she was, what, 20, 23, 24? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, she was a kid. Yeah, she was a kid. She was a kid. She was always sort of a kid anyway. So yeah, that's true. She was always a little bit of a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for asking me. This has been a lot of fun. and uh, I you hope know, I haven't embarrassed we, you. No, not at all. We didn't air any dirty laundry. No, no, no. I think everyone was worried. Tristan and, and Dad both were worried. A little worried what we get into. <laughs> yeah, you and we were going to come on and flame we everyone. We were going to expose. Uh, no, we just, we, well, we did expose. We exposed the fact that Tristan once snitched on me when I was 12 years old, and then... <laughs> that stands out in my mind. Thank you very much for having me on uh, this show. I love you, Mom. I love you too, babe. Thank you, Mom. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I didn't do this off the top of the show. You can find me on social media at Left for Damien. You can send me emails. I might be slow getting back to them, but I'm going to get back to everyone. Um, if you want to, 
you know, some people have reached out and said they want to do something for my mom or in memory of my mom. And, uh, you know, you could just donate to a local uh, homeless charity that does frontline work. Uh, that was something she was very supportive of and donated money to herself a lot. So, you know, if there's a local organization that you, you know, you know about, you know, make a donation. <sighs> um, oh, God. Um, you know, the show's going to go on. Uh, as you see, there's Turn It a Punk footnotes. Uh, thank you to those guys, Chris, Dave, and Dave, for jumping up and, and, and taking over and doing that stuff. And I know there's some audio issues and they're working on it for the next episode because I don't, once again, really feel like jumping on that show, given the fun kind of nature of it, for the short term. You know, I think I just need a second to process everything because it was pretty sudden. Um, uh, we are going to do more shows. I've got a lot of episodes banked, and so I'm going to be able to kind of do those intros for you and put those out. Because, you know, that's what definitely my mom would want. She would be like, you got to keep everything going. So I'm going to keep everything going. Uh, thank you again to Vans for supporting this show and understanding that things are a little bit different right now. Um, and thank you to Kim for stepping up and taking the place of my brother and I in keeping everything going on as far as social media stuff goes and posting this stuff. Um, yeah, if you're hitting me up on social media, I'm probably not going to be responding right now. But... Uh, you know, I'm still going to be Kim's posting stuff for me on that and keeping the show posted. So thank you, Kim. And uh, that's it. I'm not going to blather on anymore. Oh, God. Uh, I love you, Mom. Go and hug your parents. Go and hug your kids. Go hug, you know, people you love, people around you, people that bring you joy. Um, I tried to make sure I did that all the time. But even in doing that, I wish I had done it more. So please go out there, and if you can still take this opportunity, get get over all that minor shit. Just work through it. If it's minor, it's worth working through. Uh, that's it. Next week on the show, um, uh, God, I don't even know which episode I'm going to put up next week yet. Uh, there will be an episode next week. Uh, I'm going to announce it on social media at some point this week so you all can uh, find out about it I've got a lot of cool stuff banked so it'll be something interesting I promise you but it feels weird plugging an episode right now uh, that's it that's it thank you everyone I love you mom forever I love you Tristan uh, and I yeah go out there stay safe and uh, go out there and make your own culture and I'll see you next week